Hello, everyone. This is Isaac Petrie. Welcome to the podcast. Be ready to be encouraged and enlightened as we discuss spiritual solutions for everyday life. I want to introduce you to Janet Boeings. Now, share, 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 hit share, because if you know people that have struggled with alternative lifestyles, this is their day to be set free. And even if you don't, you need to be armed with the knowledge and anointing and the anointing that's about to come across this screen so that you can minister to them or share this video or inbox it to them because we want to set the captives free. So Janet, thank you for coming and just kind of introduce your ministry to the people and then we'll get into your story and then your deliverance and then your ministry of what you're doing. So Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for having me. It's always a blessing to to go online and share your story because our stories are powerful, regardless of what you've come out of. Just so happens, mine's is homosexuality. I started my ministry in 2006, and the Lord has really just blessed this ministry, has taken off. And what we are able to do is assist and help people who want to lead the life of homosexuality or who want to become a lot more knowledgeable you know, do our best to help them. I am not a psychologist. Right. I'm not a psychotherapist. You know, I'm not a counselor. You're a mighty woman I, of God. <laughs> but I am an ordained pastor under the Assemblies of God. I got my credentials in 2018. So we would like to instill in them, you know, kingdom principles, you yeah. know. And so we want to breathe life into people. We want to give hope to those who don't have hope. We want parents to know that if your child is out there struggling with homosexuality and they at one time have given their heart to Christ, wait a minute. God didn't, you know, this just didn't come up yesterday. He knew about it before the foundation of the earth that they would walk away. But he said, look, if one of y'all walk away, I'm on it. (laughs) You know, he's omnipresent. He's all knowing. And I believe that, you know, we serve a mighty God and he can bring our family back to the fold. Janet, talk to me about what do you feel like led the groundwork for you to end up in this this lifestyle of captivity um, that you experienced? And then we'll and then just walk us right on through how you got delivered. And then I'll come back in to talk more about your ministry. So talk to us about how does a person get entangled um, in that type of lifestyle? You know, Isaac, I think it's different for everybody. You know, I had a lot of traumatic experiences growing up, raising a family of seven kids, four different fathers. You know, I think about one year anniversary is coming up that I lost my mother back in February 13th of last year. And I had a very close relationship with my mom. But growing up, woo, my mom was a no nonsense kind of mom because she was a single mom and loving her kids. I had no doubt in my mind. However, I don't know if my mother knew how to show us the love because maybe it wasn't shown to her. So sometimes Mm -hmm. it becomes a domino effect. You know, how she was treated is how she treated us. But being raised in a family of seven kids, there was a lot of intense fellowship. You know, that's what I like to call call intense fellowship. You know, I I bet it was, you know, who's an alcoholic and, you know, fights would break out in our home and. You know, those of us as kids, we used to see that, you know, pulling on dad's pants leg and, you know, trying to stop him from hitting mom. You know, we want to protect our mother. 
And as I watched that growing up, it just really put a bad taste in my mouth. But, you know, I was an athlete. I played sports. And I remember one time there was a knock at the door and somebody told my mother, do you know your son, Robert, is Robert during the day and he's Barbara at night? You know, my brother was living a homosexual life. I wasn't even thinking about it at that time. You know, so that's how I really had understanding of you know, gay lifestyle, but we never seen my brother cross-dress. He was Robert during the day, but they said he became Barbara at night. He has so much respect for my mother. We never seen him dressed as a woman ever in our lifetime. None of us, none of us kids. But as time went on at the age of 13, I remember, you know, hanging out with my sister at her dad's house. And this was the man my mom was married to. And she married, stayed married to him all the way up until, you know, he passed away, even though they were separated. And he wind up molesting me. And, you know, a few years later, I was molested by an altar boy. And I just knew in my heart that I would never want to marry a black man because I associated black men with abuse and rape. And that was something that was in me. So. It was really hard for me to, you know, have a decent no. relationship with Paul's a right guy. Pause right there, Janet, because I feel like this is something everybody needs to grasp. Mm-hmm. You were abused. Right. Um, twice. Yep. By black men and because sexually. of sexually. And so mm-hmm. because of that trauma, something mm-hmm. entered your mind at that age, that early age to say, I do not ever want to be married to a black man. I don't, That's wow. so true. So true. And, and, and at that time also, you know, I saw a lot of the fights break out in our home, you know, so I really just had a bad taste in my mouth towards black men, you know, and during that time, you know, I was such a bad student. I got kicked out of school all the time. My mom had to come up to school for me all the time, but my eighth grade English teacher took me under her wing. And I'm so grateful for her because she moved to Minneapolis, Minnesota. The year I graduated, I went on to Cheney University. And then three years later, in 1979, I went to Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I went to Concordia College at that time. And I met this girl. Her name is Mary. I wish I could find that girl today because she took me to church. She just came from nowhere and said, hey, Janet, you want to go to church? And I went to church with her and I gave my heart to Jesus and my life was changed. I thought for the rest of my life. And there was this guy who was a drummer and someone introduced me to him and we started dating. He was a white guy. He was a professional bike racer and he rode his bike all over the country and he played drums at different churches. So our time together was limited. But during that time, I worked for this company called Control Data. You might know that company back in the day, you know. Um, And so I met this girl and we started spending a lot of time together. And one day we're at her house. I stayed late. I didn't know she was a lesbian because her dad was a pastor and we wind up having a sexual relationship. The next day I went to my pastor because in three months I was supposed to get married in 1985 of August. Wow. I told my pastor. Wow. And he said three things. Call off your wedding. Tell your fiance and get some help. And I did two of the three. I called off my wedding, told my fiance, and I walked away from the Lord for 14 years. Oh, wow. It amazes me in listening to you that a lot of your trauma came from people within the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of the the things you fell into, fell mm-hmm. into, at least initially, from being 
uh, raped by the altar boy and, you know, and mm-hmm. then even this relationship kind of spun out of going to church and then meeting another person. And then, yeah. and so, uh, so many people can identify with that. And mm-hmm. be, because a lot of that is going on, even inside of Christian circles. And so you find yourself after, you know, you fail into that situation that night. Right. Called off your wedding, wedding, and so you walked away from God. I walked away from the Lord. You know, what people don't realize, Isaac, is our lives are shaped by our early experiences. Mm. Do you know 85%, and it's a higher percentage now, women that have been sexually abused are now living a homosexual life? Oh, somebody type impact. Somebody needs to Come type on. that in the that, that that is so in the, true in the comment section. Eighty five percent. Eighty. It's a higher percentage now. Oh but just God. think about that. The impact that that had on my life didn't hit me till later in life because I didn't get the counseling. When my mom, when I told my mom about it, nobody got me any help. I had to deal with that pain because a lot of times we're a lot of people in the church are suffering in silence. Yeah. If we don't talk about this issue, people are suffering in silence and they're afraid to talk about it because the senior pastor is not talking about it or we're not talking about it in our home. So nobody else is going to bring it up. But can you imagine the guilt and the shame and the hopelessness that one feels to wow. suffer in silence? And we don't talk about the number one issue we're dealing with in America, abortion and homosexuality. And we're not talking about it. Wow. That's a travesty. That is a shame. But I made a vow and that vow, which many men and women make today, I made a vow that crippled my walk for a very long time that I would never marry a black man or a black man or any man for that reason would ever raise their hand to hit me. I would be in jail because that was something I would not tolerate in my life. And so as life continued to go on, I walked away from the Lord. But let me tell you, the Bible says sin is fun for a season. Yeah, I get it twisted. I was having me a field day out there. You know, I had all the the women I wanted. I had a home. Wow. And finally, somebody was paying attention to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I what I was lacking, I was getting from all these women. But after three or four years, there was an emptiness, Isaac. There was a void. It was almost like something hollow that I was trying to feel and I didn't know how to fill it. It was like, what is going on? I'm not happy anymore. So I started doing drugs. I started getting high. I started getting cocaine. I wound up putting myself in treatment in 1989 because I was so strung out on drugs because I was literally trying to kill myself because I didn't want to live because I was in so much pain because I never dealt with the issues at hand. But once I put myself in treatment, and I got some help, I started getting counseling. I started talking about what happened to me as a child. And even during that time, I was living a homosexual life. My counselor kept convincing me that it was okay to be gay. It was okay to be a lesbian. I kept saying, no, no, it's wrong, it's wrong. But she convinced me it was okay. I even went to a church, a Catholic church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I'm not gonna say the name because a lot of people would know where it is. And this priest, told me that I could live a homosexual life and still be a Christian, still go to heaven, that I was just fine. 
but I knew better. I knew that to be a lie, but God continued to work on my heart. And I kept looking at my girlfriend. I remember during that time and I kept saying, you know what? I'm going to write a book someday and I'm just going to travel the world. And I'm going to be honest with you. It would shock me. It's like, where did that come from? You wow. know, I really believe that was something the Holy Spirit was putting inside me. In there. Yeah. Yes. There was a church down the street from my house and I would go past it on a regular basis. And I would say to my girlfriend, I'm going to go to that church. And see, I mean, she always encouraged me to go to church, but I thought I'm not going to that church. They'll chew me up and spit me out. I didn't. It took me what? 20 some years to look this darn good. And I looked just like a man, you know, I knew I wasn't going in that church, you know, <laughs> there was no way, you know, I was going to go into the church because I knew that I wouldn't be accepted because I looked just like a boy. I was the dominant one. You know, I'm the one who, you know, dressed in men's boxers and men's shoes and went to men's department and shop. And one day I had a cleaning business at that time. Lifetime fitness was one of my large clients. Three o'clock in the morning, I told my staff I was going to the store and it wasn't to do drugs because I was off a drug. And there was this woman coming out as I was going in Hmm. and I stopped to have a conversation with her. And I said, ma'am, it's three o'clock in the morning. Don't you know somebody could, you know, hurt you out here? And she said, oh, I just dropped my son off at school. I said, ma'am, there's no school open at three o'clock in the morning. She said, oh, it's college. My son, I just dropped him off at North Central Bible College. Well, the wheels started turning Wow! because before I walked away from my faith, I took homiletics and hermeneutics. Mm. So I knew this woman was a Christian. And (laughs) I told her, I said to this woman, you know, I used to go to that school and I'm a, you know, I'm I'm living a lesbian life. And this is what she said to me. She said, look, my husband and I are going on vacation, but why don't you join us at church in a few weeks? Here's my number. And she pulled out a brochure. Five years later, it was the church right down the street from my house, the church that I said that I was going to go to. Three weeks, two weeks later, I rededicated my heart to the Lord. (laughs) You you don't both. Come on, somebody praise him. Come on now. Rejoicing all down this comment section. because, Because listen, God was still working on you. Come on now. You were in it. You were still having visions and dreams of your future and still that hollowness was in you. You just didn't know how to get out, but you were no longer satisfied. This is what's happening to, I mean, millions upon millions of people right now. And the good news is God still has a plan for their future. And giving up on them and hadn't quit. I was shocked when you showed me the picture. Actually, you didn't show me. You showed the whole congregation. Yeah. When you were ministering the before and after picture of what you used to look like when you were in that lifestyle to what you look like today. Yeah. It was jaw dropping. It was to see the transformation of the Lord in your life from that picture you know that if any man be in Christ, he's a new Come on. Hey. Way. And so <laughs> now, what has got, now that you experienced this deliverance, because we, we want to let you go, um, she was so kind to do this after recovering from knee surgery. So we yeah. can't have her sitting too long. So we got to let her go. But before yeah. you do, talk to me now about the ministry. 
Let, let, let me say this first. Delivered, what did God birth out of you? One thing I want to say is that we can never get back the years that we lost, but we serve a God who can redeem the time. Mm. Come on now. We, you know, and, and it was because of the body of Christ. It was the church that helped me get to where I'm at today. I wouldn't be where I'm at today if that church, that small little church, Maple Grove Assemblies of God, didn't take me under their wing. There was a leader in that church. They had a Bible study for 10 women. And I was invited to the Bible study. I walked into this Bible study on a Tuesday night with a do-rag on. I walked in there. These women were dressed to the nines. I mean, they had their Louis Vuitton. They had their hair did, their nails did. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I can't be amongst these women. So I tried to backpedal. It was like cement. I could not move. I could move forward, but I couldn't move back. So I went and sat down. And these women knew that I might be coming. And when they got to me and they asked me my name, I said, my name is Janet and I'm living a homosexual life. But if you help me, I promise you, I will serve the Lord the rest of my life. One of the leaders eight months later invited me to come to move into her home. I sold my home, moved in with a Christian family for a year and the Lord continued to move me forward. See, I never looked back. I never had ex-gay friends. All my friends were heterosexual. You have to church build a new community. When you walk away from drugs or alcohol or pornography, you can't hang around the same old people. Yeah. So I built a new community and these ladies in the church literally took me under their wings. If it wasn't for them, I don't know where I would be. I don't even know what it would look like to go to some type of gay group because I didn't go to anything. It was the body of Christ. It was the church. It was the Hallelujah. men and the women in the church that assist me. And the body of Christ worldwide, we're struggling with how do we deal with this issue in our church? Mm-hmm. How do we help those that are struggling? Do I go up to that gay person and say, hey, I know you're gay. Let me help you. No. Get to know people. Have a relationship yeah. with them. You know, it's so important. Isaac, that the church not only promote biblical standards, but live by the standards we promote. Mm. Say that again. Come on. It is important that the church not only promote biblical standards, Mm. but also live by the standards we promote. We're not doing that. We have to have compassion without compromising the gospel. Okay, so you're going to walk in church. There's going to be somebody who's not going to walk like you, look like you, and talk like you. But it's not our responsibility to change anybody. We are not the change agent. We bring them into the church, and we let the Holy Spirit do what he does best. And that's what he does is change lives. However, we can't keep silencing People like myself and ministries like mine right. who could possibly have the answer right. to be able to assist and help you have a better understanding on how do we deal with this issue in the church. In a family or in a church, we have to come to a consensus. The pastor and his team need to come to and his board, his lawyers need to come to a consensus how we're going to deal with this issue in our church. Same with a family, a husband and wife. Okay, all your kids are out. None of them are gay. What about your grandkids? Come to a consensus. Talk about this issue. If somebody in our family 
is gay or a lesbian, how are we going to do this? How are we going to deal with this during Thanksgiving or Christmas? What are we going to do as a family? I don't support the issue. I will. I believe we should always allow our single family members into the home. But you don't get to come in my home as a couple and say you're married. Because yeah. marriage is between a man and a woman. Let's not get it twisted. Yeah. And so we need to continue to live by biblical principles. It is so important that as a church, wow. we live by biblical principle. Stay true to the word of God, because I believe that God can change the lives of your yeah. loved ones. You don't have to try to change them. Yeah. Quit trying to play God Jr. <laughs> you know, God, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? God got this. You know, wow. I have family members that are in that life and I just love them, you know, yeah. with the love of the Lord. Yeah. But they know where I stand yeah. on the issue. And they're going to come out I, just like you did. You know what? They're going to come out someday. And guess what? I'm going to be there waiting for them. I'm going to be there to help them. (laughs) You have set so many people free all over this country. Yeah. And probably around the world with your ministry. Mm -hmm. And something is new. The reason I had you on here is because even when you were in the midst of all of that, there was a fight to get out. You knew even when people were trying to tell you that this is okay, you just knew, no, it's mm-hmm. not. And right. Don't got in church where somebody walked you out. Mm-hmm. Before we go, the reason I really had you on here is because we have a different thing facing us today now. Mm-hmm. Where we all have seen this I've seen it in my churches, I've seen it in prison, I've seen so many people set free from this. Mm-hmm. Um, from all walks of life, but now there is an agenda being pushed, mm-hmm. even toward our children. It is. We are now this genderless society, <laughs> mm-hmm. this whole transgender movement. Mm-hmm. And what do we need to do? How do we prepare for that as the church? Because this thing is coming right to our front doors mm-hmm. and, and and talk to me a little bit before you leave. And then once you're done, I want the people to connect with you. Yeah. And those that are watching, please don't leave until you get mm-hmm. all of her information at the end, because she is one of the anointings mm-hmm. that is going to have to come to the forefront in the body of Christ in order to see the captives set free in these areas because she's lived it, she's walked Mm -hmm. it and came out of it. For how many years now? I walked out of that life in 1998. Look at it. And I'm still, we're still going by the grace of God, you know. We're talking Uh, 20, almost 23 years now. Yeah, yeah. And people say you can't change and that's a lie. I do not have any, I have no residue, none. Oh, I have no Lord. desire to go back into. I have no desire to go back into. So that it ain't life. even a struggle God, for you. Not even a struggle. Yes, yes. My struggle is why at the age of sixty-two I'm not married because you know I get that. You know I have this low self-esteem. Like nobody he, wants. He me might to be watching that. tonight. I'm telling you, that's we my struggle. <laughs> Loneliness, you know. But that's what wow. my good friends are there for. But you know, mm. it's you know. The gay community have one agenda. We thought at first they just wanted to have marriage in 50 states. They, they have, you know, you, they can put their, 
their gender on their driver's license. They have rainbow crosswalks. Google it. You'll see it all over the country. You know, their goal is to indoctrinate your kids. They don't care about your kids. Do wow. you go to gay pride? Have you looked at any of the men's gay pride and you see these kids there and these men flaunting all their body? Are you kidding me? Is this what we want for our kids? It is our responsibility as parents, as the church, to talk about this issue because if you don't, somebody else will, and it won't be in the way that you would like them to talk about. You know, I received a phone call from a lady today saying my child grew up in the church and now she's come to me and told me she's a lesbian. How dare her? I'm embarrassed by her. Are you kidding me? You mean, really? It can happen to any of our kids and it's happening more now than ever before. In the last 10 months, I received more calls and emails than I have in the last two years. Wow. The devil is on the loose and (sighs) his goal is to indoctrinate our kids and put him out there in an area where it's going to be difficult for them to come back. Let me tell you something. Coming out of homosexuality is not easy. It's a process. But we need to come alongside of these young millennials and Gen Xers. There's a lot of married couples that are turning their marriages loose because one wants to go into that life of homosexuality. Men that are transgender or had gender reassignment surgery. They have come to know God, but we don't have any men in the church that want to help them because they don't look like them. Well, how are they going to learn how to be a man if you don't come alongside of them? Come on. Women in the church taught me how to be a lady. Wow. That's how I learned how to be a lady. It took 20 some years to learn how to put on makeup. I can still remember the first time I poked myself in the eye, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Isaac, it was rough. Wow. I said, man, it takes a lot for us to look good, (laughs) but I was, I I didn't want to give up. So I know by the grace of God that if God did it for me, he'll do it for your loved one. He's no respect as a person. And if we could do anything to assist and help you, Go to www.JanetBoingsMinistries.com. I'm sure Isaac probably has it on his Facebook page. Look, my book, God and Sexuality, it came out a few years ago. Dr. Michael Brown did the foreword. This book we wrote to help families and pastors have Uh, to help families. Put that back up there. To have a better understanding. How do we deal with this issue? How do we pray for our child? What if they have gender reassignment surgery? What do we do? What if they have a marriage? Let's stop calling it a marriage. It's not a marriage. Marriage is between a man and a woman. It's a civil yeah. union. The gay community don't like that, but I'm sorry. It's the truth, and they're going to have yeah. to live with that. Get this book. It will help you. You'll have a better understanding on how to deal with this issue. If you are trying to come out of homosexuality, my first book called out. It has my story in the beginning, 50 frequent asked questions in the back. Read it. It will help you. The problem with us as the body of Christ is that we're not knowledgeable. Yeah. You know, the gay community is organized. They're knowledgeable. They have money and they're coming after us. And now, even though I wasn't going to go there, you have Biden and Kamala Harris about to go into the White House. Let me tell you, Equality Act is going to pass. He already told us he's going to pass that. Homosexuality will be large and large with those two in the White House. So we better get ready. Wow. We better be prayed up and we better be at a place where we're ready to help those that are struggling because I'm telling you, they are coming out of the woodwork and we want to be there to assist 
with those who have a desire to walk away from that life. Oh, Janet, thank you. We got thank you. you go, ma'am. Listen, one more time. The website is just Janet Boings dot. If they Google my if they Google my name, it'll pop up Janet Boings. And we'll have it down on at the page and, and all of that. But thank you so much. Thank you, Isaac. This Appreciate you having me. Is where we're headed. This is going to be the beachhead of a warfare that is coming after our the total annihilation of not just the family, mm-hmm. but sons daughters, the whole movement, men, women, women to erase what God has ordained. And the reason I brought you on is to give that knowledge and that push. Thank you so, so much. Listen, y'all, if we don't share this, it's not going to get out because these are taboo (laughs) messages and things in the body of Christ we don't want to talk about, we don't want to deal with, but it is one of the main agendas we're going to be faced with. So church, let's get armed with compassion, with love, and with truth, and let's stand for the redemption and the holding of our families and now our children. And so, mm-hmm. Janet, thank you. Listen, thank you, Isaac. God, I could talk to you for hours. Won't be <laughs> the last time. And I would be remiss if I didn't tell you, you need to support her ministry. Called out is her assignment to the body of Christ. And if you feel like sowing a seat, you got to give them some information. What's your cash app? What's your, mm-hmm. what's your, because there'll be people that'll want to give to you. Yeah. How can we give to you? You can just go to the website and okay. Janet Boings Ministries and look on giving and you can give there. So, or you can send a check to PO box two, two, five, three Maple Grove, Minnesota, five, five, three, one, one. Share this information, go to the website. I'm sewing. I'm going to be a blessing to her. Thank you. This has been so inspiring, life changing. Let's do it. Let's be the body of Christ and let's set the captives free. Thank you so much, Janet. Thank you, Facebook. Share this. It's going to be touchy because (laughs) we're running from this, but the the warfare is right in our faces. We got to be able to stand. Love you. Be blessed. See y'all next week. I pray you were blessed by today's podcast. Take a moment and subscribe to it and review it and share it with someone else so that we can stay connected. Be blessed.